Hey, this is Greg Grunberg, a.k.a. your favorite Star Wars character, Snap Wexley, and you are right where you need to be listening to yet another amazing episode of the Black Squadron podcast. Welcome back to the Black Squadron podcast, episode 47. We are inching closer and closer to episode 50, a milestone, if you will. I'm BP, a.k.a. The Brandalorian, and joining me tonight is none other than Boba Todd. So I got a story for you. So place an order on Amazon for some thumbtacks because I'm looking to set up my, my vintage collection figures and get them all over my walls, finally. And I was like $10 short of getting next day delivery for these figures. So I was like, all right, well, let me see what Star Wars stuff that I've been thinking about that I could get. So I picked up the Dr. Aphra audio drama, the physical hard copy book. And then I picked up the Zuckus and Forlom Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary figures. The kicker of it all, the original package that I ordered, the thumbtacks got lost in delivery. So now I just have Star Wars stuff and now I have to reorder thumbtacks. So I don't know if it's a like somewhat of a win because more Star Wars stuff, but also now I have more stuff that I need <laughs> no. to hang up, but don't no have anything tax. to hang them up with. <laughs> no, it was like, and it's something like I, I was like, all right, I don't want to go down the street and go to the grocery store or CVS or whatever just to pick up some thumbtacks. I'll just order it on Amazon. It'll be here the next day. I can I can hang them up then. And now I, I have to go to the grocery store, go to CVS anyway to pick up these thumbtacks. So. <sighs> It's, it's oh, the man. struggles of collecting. I'm, I'm officially moving <laughs> to the walls, though, now. So I've, I've run out of space and shelves and, and cabinets. Up. And now we're going to <laughs> the walls. That going up. Up everything. Before long, you'd be like me and you'd literally have things hanging from the ceiling that you forget about until you stretch. I'm not going to lie. Whenever I get the vintage collection mm-hmm. Boba Fett Slave 1, I might have hey, it from the ceiling. If you're going anyway. to have it out of the box, that's a, I think that's a great option. Well, and I've got a couple. I think I've gonna, I'm going to have a couple Boba Fett vintage mm-hmm. figure loose ones that... You know, swap them out, have some fun, play you around know, with it. I might go back to Lost in Time we'll Toys in Maryland and uh, pick up one of those busted slave ones and try to repair it. Because why not, right? It'd be a fun little project. But yeah. before we get into all the show, thanks everybody who's followed us recently on Twitter and Instagram and our TikTok. You guys are blowing us up and it is awesome. And people are listening to the epi- our actual podcast too, which is fantastic. So please keep that up. We are super appreciative. We put a ton of work into this project and it's awesome when people actually listen and, and support us. So thank you very, very much. Before we get into the Hall headlines, Todd, have you seen the Bucketheads YouTube series by Transmute Pictures? I have not. I didn't get a chance to, to check it out. It's so yet. well done. I saw a little clip of it and it yeah, looks it's really so well cool, done. Um, so head over to Transmute Pictures YouTube channel. Check out Bucketheads. Episode one is up and I think two is coming out here shortly, uh, but it's it's it feels like a Star Wars movie. They did such a good job. I have no partnership with these people. I don't know them. I just saw it, thought it was incredible, and passing it on to fellow Star Wars nerds. But without further ado, let's head over to uh, Holland Headlines. So to kick things off, we celebrated an anniversary recently. Empire Strikes Back. 41 years and I'm, I'm, it's kind of bittersweet because last year would have been the 40th anniversary and we would have had celebration and there's been like a whole bunch of 40th anniversary 
Empire Strikes Back merch that's come out. And it would have been fun to to celebrate that sort of like how, um, and we'll talk about this later when we really get into the celebration aspect in the show. But the it would have been fun to celebrate with everybody and maybe see the cast from Empire on stage and just have a giant Empire nerd fest. But I love Empire so much. Obviously, we got Boba Fett because of it. So I'll never be sad to watch Empire or celebrate Empire. I, I, uh, I have LEDs behind my TV, and every time I watch Empire, I, j- I always put it on teal or light blue. I don't know, it just feels right. <laughs> I'm tempted to get those, uh, what are the, like the lights that you can put behind your TV, and it like yeah, syncs to yeah, sound, sound the scenes on the because sh- I think that would be so. Yeah, I think it would be so much fun to do. Man, that like for think a about Star watching Wars Rogue movie. One with that activated. Like, there's so many blaster bolts going direction each direction. Like, that'd be a really cool effect. Or even just A New Hope or, or Return of the Jedi, anything where the, or even Rogue One, where the Death Star <laughs> fires, just seeing that giant green explosion and then like your whole yeah, room just lights cool. up. So much fun. Next up, we got J.J. Abrams did an interview with Collider. It was mostly about his projects that he's doing with Warner Media, but he did talk a little bit about working on pre-existing franchises. Uh, not really anything specific about Star Wars per se, because he's obviously he he worked on Star Trek. He's worked on Star Wars. The big takeaway was that he he talked about how working on a pre-existing franchise is a bit of a double-edged sword. You get you know these these huge projects that carry a lot of weight. I mean, Star Trek is a well-known franchise. Star Wars is a well-known franchise. It's a huge sandbox to work in, but at the same time, the the fan expectations and the pressure and and sort of the freedoms that you mm-hmm. have as a filmmaker yeah. are kind of restricted. And that was his, he likes to work in mediums where he can have a little more freedom, which is funny because the biggest criticisms people have of, of his work with star Wars is that it feels too much like older star Wars. I don't know anything about so, star Trek. I've never been into it. Do they have like a celebration con? They do something. So funny story about this. When my dad was uh, in charge of recruiting duty out in Iowa, when I was a kid, they would go because I guess James T. Kirk was born in mm-hmm. a town in Iowa in the Star Trek universe. So they have like basically the celebration equivalent for Star Trek mm-hmm. out there every year or every couple of years or something. But he would go there um, and see see it all. So they've got something similar to how we celebrate Star Wars for Star Trek. That's pretty cool. It's interesting. Anytime he speaks about anything Star Wars related. I feel like he like after Rise of Skywalker came out, he sort of just went. They did a little bit of a post release press circuit, and then he just kind of yeah. disappeared yeah. in the in the wind. So anytime he's a busy man, he's he's got his fingers in everything now. It seems with uh, Warner Media for Disney Plus, we got some confirmation via a D twenty three newsletter of all places that the Star Wars Droids Adventures of R two D two and C three PO animated series is coming to the platform later this year. I think it was subtly in when they released all the vintage collection shows and movies on Disney Plus. It was a little uh-huh. footnote or something in the actual release, like droids coming later this year, but we're getting more of that. So something to look forward to. I haven't watched them. I'll be curious to see what we get from them. I don't really know much about them. So it'll be interesting to, to, to experience I like to that collect for the first film time. Cells, uh, animation film cells. And I have a couple now from Ewoks, the animated show, but the droids film cells are significantly more expensive because they 90% of the time are C3PO or R2D2. So they're just out of my price range at the moment. But uh, who knows? Maybe I'll maybe I'll come into a windfall of money here recently or soon and buy some. <laughs> 
just irresponsible yeah, yeah, Star because, Wars film cells. You know, that's going to be the next uh, currency, right? We're going to go from digital currency <laughs> to film cells from the 80s. <laughs> exactly. A uh, little more news. This isn't really breaking news. It's news for us, but it's not yeah. really news news. Dave Filoni was promoted to an executive creative director. I believe he's one of three now. It's, it's him, uh, Doug Chang, and there's one other that's slipping my mind right now. Of course, everybody freaked out about this. They saw they, the reason why it came up in the news is, is that Lucasfilm recently updated their website with the new job title mm-hmm. for Dave Filoni. Anything with Filoni and, and getting more of an executive creative role, it's extremely well-deserved. But people, the whole discourse around this imaginary war in Lucasfilm yeah. and, and all that nonsense, people use that to, to write their own narratives about the future of Lucasfilm, the future of you know, Star Wars. Every time I think of Dave Filoni, I think of that uh, Snoop Dogg clip. He don't miss. <laughs> the funny thing about all this is that he got promoted last summer. So obviously we're just finding out about it now, but he's been an executive creative director for yeah. six months at this point now, over six months. So there is one interesting thing, and it was an article that came out in Variety, like talking about how this like happened over the summer, and it's not really that much of a, a big news story thing. One little line buried in that is that Rangers of the New Republic was no longer in active development. And that I found interesting, mainly because this whole Mandoverse thing that they're creating with Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, Rangers of the New Republic, uh, it seems mm-hmm. very time sensitive because you can't really have a bunch of delays, I feel, because the the train keeps rolling with this, with these, like, if you have Book of Boba Fett come out and then Mando come out and then Ahsoka come out, if you have to delay Rangers, does that end up pushing everything or would they rather just cancel Rangers of the New Republic and move forward with something okay, I'm really bummed because that was probably one of the more most excited things I was for because just the opportunity, the, what could have been kind of thing, I guess. I don't know. I was excited for what it could be, but I suspect that. Well, I guess you could look at it this way. If they're not putting resources into that, they could put even more resources into Book of Boba Fett or any Ahsoka plan show or something like that. So I guess silver lining, I suppose. Well, and the fact that it was just taken out of active mm-hmm. development might mean that they're just reapproaching it or restructuring it or refiguring out how to how to handle this story. So I don't think it's a huge deal that they're taking it out of active development yet. If we get kind of past Book of, Book of Boba Fett, past Mando season three, and it's still like a ghost town on whether or not mm. Rangers is happening, then maybe a little bit of a uh, cause for yeah. concern. As long as they keep coming out with Mandalorian and Boba Fett, I'm good. <laughs> uh, Shop Disney launched a new initiative called Buy a Book, Give a Book. So this program they announced, it's called Buy a Book, Give a Book. It's on Shop Disney, and it's to help inspire reading and the love of storytelling. So for every book purchased on shopdisney.com through December 31st, 2021, Disney will donate a book to First Book, which is a nonprofit dedicated to providing free and affordable new books and educational resources to educators who serve children in need, which I think this this is a fantastic initiative. Anything to get more kids reading books. And I don't know if it's just, I feel like it's any Disney-owned book. So it could be Star Wars. It could be Marvel-related books. It could be anything Disney princess related or just Disney content in general. I think it's great though. And the last little bit of news is that Cobb Vanth 
Timothy Oliphant was spotted rocking his facial hair and his hairstyle from Mando. So I don't know if he's just feeling like he wants to look like the dapper gentleman that he was in Mandalorian or if this means that he is possibly going to show up in Book of Boba Fett because I believe it's still filming, which that would be super cool if it if he shows up again. It'd be a little awkward, I feel, because he was walking around in Boba's I mean, armor. He it, right? Or he, he got it from the Jawas. So it's like he took it. So I'm always curious about that. like, And they don't really explain it super well in mm-hmm. um, Mando. But if Boba Fett was just chilling on Tatooine for like however long, what was to stop him from just casually rolling up to Cobb Vanth and being like, hey, that's my armor. Like, why did he wait until Din I, took I the armor? Say, did people know that it was Boba Fett's armor? But I guess that's how. Well, no, because they told the Mandalorian that there was green armor, right? Or Mandalorian armor there. They didn't say necessarily it was Boba Fett's armor. Yeah, it was just a, a, a yeah. person. So in I wonder if people armor. knew or anybody knew that it was Boba Fett's armor. I don't know. It could be interesting. I'm sure they'll explain it. I haven't read that uh, Aftermath series book where yeah. they introduced Cobb Vance. So I don't know if they uh, <clears throat> I read that on when it, it a little out, bit. So that was like but four or five years ago at this point? Longer than that. I thought the, the Aftermath series came well, out like 20. No, no, no. It came out the same year as uh, Force Awakens, I believe, 2015. Oh, well, even still, yeah. that's what, six years ago? <laughs> Age is like a fine wine. It's interesting. You know, anytime an actor, everybody when Ewan was rocking the the beard and hair again, everyone was like, he's getting ready to oh, do right. Kenobi September stuff. September 4th, 2015. Uh, look at Tim- that. Hey, look at that. I'm curious to see, like I said, if, if he shows up in, in something, because I was a fan of his performance as Cobb Vanth. I thought he did a great job. I'd love to see more than just a yeah. single episode of Cobb Vanth. I think that it would be cool to see him post mm-hmm. the Boba Fett armor and and sort of more as a an actual, mm-hmm. maybe martial role. Rather than just the local marshal, maybe maybe this ties into Rangers of the New Republic somehow. If if that's you know getting reworked, maybe bringing Cobb Vanth in as a sort of the, a New Republic marshal. Got, I, feel, I feel like they have to use him again, right? It was so, it was so popular, like ever. It was like universally loved. I, I just feel like it'd be a missed opportunity that they wouldn't bring him. And it's not like they don't have an open space right now from a character that is no longer involved. So there's a void to be filled and. Well, and I feel like some of these bigger name actors and actresses that they're bringing in doesn't really make sense to bring some of these high profile people in for yeah. a single episode. Like you can do that, obviously, but even like Rosario Dawson is is yeah. getting a series, and you know Pedro's obviously the lead. Ming Na Wen is going to be in Book of Boba Fett now, so it it seems like they're reusing some of these actors and actresses in other projects too. So I mm-hmm. expect to see him again, but I hope so. Who knows? We'll see. I just want to see more thirst over Timothy Oliphant as Cobb Vanth because that honestly makes my day anytime. Like when his birthday, because his birthday was not too long ago and just the amount of Timothy Oliphant Cobb Vanth thirst that was on my timeline. I could only think fantastic. of him from the office. And when Michael and Dwight and Jim are talking about him, and he's like, he is smoldering like a tire fire. Amen. <laughs> so that's all I got for news. It's uh, a pretty light week again. I feel like it's not a whole lot of a n- whole lot of news coming out, which means that we're bound to get a gigantic truckload of news pretty soon because that's how it always seems. It seems like it's uh, a little bit quiet, and then we're swimming in news. So, without further ado, let's uh, let's explore the cargo hold a little bit. Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. 
The Cargo Hold segment is brought to you by Skyward Fun Supply. Skyward Fun Supply was born from a love of two things, Star Wars and the hobby of figure and toy collecting. They are a company that truly knows how fun the hobby of action figure and toy collecting is because they are collectors too, with over 30 years of experience in the hobby. Every item from Skyward Fun Supply is guaranteed to be in mint condition. Head over to www.skywardfunsupply.com and use code BSP10 to save 10%. All right, Cargo Hold, it picked up anything this week, Todd? Well, aside from my Forlom and Zuckus Black Series figures, I picked up a, because I also, I saw you went to Target, I also went to Target just to casually see if they had the Clone Wars 50th anniversary figures. Not a single one in sight, not really surprising for me. I did pick up an archive series Death Trooper, <laughs> though. It's like the first time I've ever seen. Yeah, you saw a bunch of Yeah, you saw a bunch of them too. I went to Target today, and it's like I expected to find nothing because it's been there's been nothing for months. Uh, But they had like an entire wave of archives. They had Death Trooper, they had Tank Trooper, they had Shore Trooper, they had Hoth Han, and um, a Tuscan Raider. All five of them. So I didn't want to carry them around and damage the car because I was with my daughter and she was just going nuts over the LOL surprise doll because they have an entire aisle of that mess. Um, so my plan was to go back, grab a Death Trooper, and grab the Tuscan Raider. Totally forgot about both and left. <laughs> so this Target's got a sweet-ass archives uh, collection. <laughs> I, <feel like> <laughs> I saw the Death Trooper and the Shore Trooper 50th anniversary archive figures, and then they had, I believe, Endor Han... The Admiral Akbar and a few other of the mm-hmm. uh, vintage collection figures. But it's like the first time in months that I've seen any sort of carded figures in the Target near me. So that's fun. But I picked up the Death Trooper just to display him. Like yeah, I'm going to yeah, rip yeah. it out of the packaging just because I'm not nuts packaging, about the Archive yeah. Series packaging. It's it's there's no real color on it. Just yeah. says Archive. It's nothing nothing crazy for me to display. I did get these cool pins from uh, Jay Septicon oh, nice. yeah, yeah. on Instagram, but you've got the rearmored Cobb Vanth mm-hmm. Boba Fett helmet, and then I got the Cobb Vanth Boba Fett oh, nice. jetpack pin. So he does a bunch of yeah, he's really Boba, cool pins. Boba obsessed. So. Uh, yeah, I've got like a bajillion pins. I think I, I think we've posted them before, but I have an ungodly mm-hmm. amount of pins that I've picked up over the last like two years. Um, that target I was at had a, actually a pretty good amount of star Wars stuff, except for the new clone wars wave that we were both looking for. They had a quill, two quill black series, uh quill vent uh, retro and grief cargo, but the box was trashed uh, black series. They had a, the Jar Jar Binks black series too, but the box was trashed and I was going to buy it just for an opener. But I, when I went to scan it for, the price it, it was in their system and when i took it to check out i was like hey there's no price on it she said yeah they're 23 dollars." i was like no no they're not so i left it <laughs> <laughs> i know for a fact that one is not because yeah. i found it for like eight dollars so I, I, I left it for some other sucker what else did i get oh i got the mandalorian guide to season one so that finally came out the book um it was pushed and pushed and pushed and i finally got it and i've had it for two days haven't opened it up yet so hot hot start for me um, and the only other thing that I got, I technically have had forever, but I customized a Poe Dameron uh, Black Series helmet to a Snap Wexley Black Series helmet, <laughs> I guess. Um, so got that in my collection. It looks pretty good. Snap himself gave me his thumbs up. It's a nod of approval, if you will. So that was pretty cool. 
What else? Oh, he's damn Funko Pops. <laughs> so every time we say we're not going to buy any more Funko Pops, what happens? They put out a ton of awesome Funko Pops, so much to the point where the brand Funko was tweeting at Todd that he needed to buy them. <laughs> so what do we get here? We got uh, a helmetless Den Jaren with Grogu, which going to buy. <laughs> Um, the Mandalorian Ahsoka unhooded, Mandalorian Ahsoka hooded, which is an Amazon exclusive. We're also getting the Boba Fett from the Mandalorian um, in his armor, tattered armor, which I'm going to buy, and so is Todd. <laughs> the, we're getting another. Already bought it. Already pre-ordered. Yeah, I, I texted Jeremy that I need to order it, so I just haven't physically actually ordered it yet, but I'm, I'm good. Mandalorian Bo-Katan and a Bo-Katan chase, which is helmetless, which I saw Katie Sackhoff was very jazzed about, which that's exciting that the actors are excited about their toys. That, that gets me right in the old heartstrings and buckle in. Cause we haven't had enough Grogu's three new Grogu pops, one with a macaroon, <laughs> the blue space cookie, one with a blue butterfly and one with the soup creature on his face. So Grogu, Grogu it up if you're still collecting Grogu Pops. How many are there now? Like 20, 25, 100? There's got to be because I think Jesus I've got Christ. nine. And once I once I realized I had nine, I was like, all right, no, I've got 10 because I've got the giant one too. But once I had 10, I was like, all right, that's too many. I like I don't need any more. These are just taking up space now. So I've stopped collecting Grogu Funko. I've stopped collecting Pops mostly anyway because I was just running out of uh, mm-hmm. places to put them. And maybe if I get more space or figure out a better way to display them, I might get back into it, but right now I'm like swimming in Funko boxes. Sitting at Grogu Anonymous and realizing you had a problem. There's got to be at least like close to 20 though. And then the last Funko announced was a Dark Trooper, which is pretty cool if you ask me. And then we got, this is a rumor from Yak Face. Uh, We're getting more Mission Fleet sets, I guess, figures and ships. We're getting Ahsoka and a Jedi Starfighter. We're getting another Obi-Wan with a Jedi Starfighter. A Moff Gideon with a TIE Fighter. Bo-Katan and her Gauntlet Fighter, which I think is probably going to be pretty awesome. And then a Luke Skywalker with, you guessed it, Grogu. So if you're in a mission fleet, it's not for me, but that is a rumor from Yak Face that's coming out. These, I don't, I mean, obviously I get like the, the who they're trying to get these to because these are, mm-hmm. you know, designed more for kids and, and they're not necessarily for collectors. Um, but the fact that there's so many of these when other things seem like it's pulling teeth to get from from Hasbro mm-hmm. is a little kind of head scratching, especially when you look at Funko like Funko is launching all these season two Funko Mandalorian Funko Pops that we've gotten like maybe a handful of Black Series Mando season two figures. I don't think we've gotten any vintage collection Mando season two figures. Nope. I don't think so. So you know, there's so many characters like we haven't gotten a Cobb Vanth. We haven't gotten a dark trooper black series, which that would yeah, that'd be awesome. So that'd be caseload. You could have a whole army of dark troopers. We could, they could do a Luke Skywalker Mando season two, a Luke Skywalker with Grogu deluxe. I mean, there's yeah. so many options and I feel like it's just such a slow pull, like slow trickle with, with some of these like sort of no brainer figures. So I don't, I don't understand I was talking to Jeremy about this. We're both kind of like scratching our heads about like some of the some of the figures that come out and decisions that they make with with what lines mm-hmm. they produce. Imagine if of. they did bring out a Black Series Luke from the Mandalorian and Black Series Dark Troopers. And think of the toy photography like Homemade Galaxy on Instagram, what they could do with that. That'd be so cool. 
Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you, people would buy the dark troopers by the caseload just to recreate scenes and have like, I would maybe buy a couple. Yeah, I'll at least cool buy one, one, but you know, maybe a few of them and, and have, yeah, you could have Moff Gideon with like an army of dark troopers behind him. You could have the possibilities are, did are you, endless and it would make a did you ton of money for Hasbro. Latest black series you've gotten? The, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I have to the Moff Gideon, did you open that one up? How's it look out of package? It's not bad. The so I was looking at it. the The application on the face kind of mm-hmm. looks a bit off to me. I don't know if it's just the the batch or if that's just the way they they are, but just a little bit. Uh, maybe I'm just spoiled because I look <laughs> at my hot toys and that forever ruins uh ruins Black Series collecting for me because I look at the quality that Hot Toys puts out. But it's a cool figure. It's got the dark saber. So I've got the, you know, I've got the Din and Beskar so I can pose them different ways, have Din with the dark saber. I've got a Bo-Katan so I can do Din with the dark saber trying to get to (laughs) Bo-Katan. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of fun things to do with it. The accessories are really cool with it. I feel like we're a parsec away from becoming toy photographers too. (laughs) We have the inventory, like we could do it. It's a little absurd how many figures, like I was thinking about earlier for, Mm -hmm. because we're on TikTok now, we're check us out if you haven't but we're always posting our collections on tiktok and and looking at just how much stuff between the two of us that we have i'm always like man we have a lot of a yeah, lot of toys I'm, like if we ever sell the place we're in and i have to like pack everything up it's it's, it's it makes me sweat thinking about it <laughs> oh i'm terrified because yeah. <laughs> i'm moving at some point in uh in december so i'm like slowly like I'm, i already boxed up all the funkos but all these black series figures i have uh, all my hot toys like i'm slowly like all right this is gonna take like four days to wrap these and, and do i still have the boxes for these ones and you know panicking on the inside trying to make sure i yeah, don't lose I'm anything so nervous about the prospect because so, i don't just have a star wars collection i have batman collection i have wrestling collection so i'm like oh man and it, you know it's not easy to transport helmets i have 12 13 14 15 helmets jesus christ we're like that my wife doesn't I'm glad my Sorry, wife does a lot of blankets. To this podcast. <laughs> All right, what else has come out here? Oh, uh, the Canaan Gentle Giant bust. I don't know if that's new, but I feel like we just got pictures for it. Um, but it's really cool. Uh, if you guys are into Canaan, it's uh, Gentle Giant stuff's amazing. Obviously, they put out some. I have the Poe Dameron version, of course I do. But um, unbelievable product they put out. It's like a hundred bucks usually, roughly. I think this one's like one fifty ish, and it has for the Canaan bust. But it's a one six scale bust. It's, Did it have it's two heads? Because nice. I saw he had the the face mask on and then one without. It's got the face mask. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's swappable heads because they're poly. I think they're polyresin yeah, yeah. statues, so you can't like just pop a yeah. helmet on it. I think it looks fantastic. I saw people were like, "Why is he so hot?" Like <laughs> it's like, definitely well, not you know, his. It's definitely not the animation Jarrett. style. It's definitely a um, a human. Yeah, it's a more life lifelike. Uh, and uh, speaking look to of Gentle it. Giant, you must have added this to the notes because I have not seen this one. Gentle Giant, a new hope stormtrooper milestone statue, one six scale statue. Imperial, Imperial stormtrooper stands twelve inches tall and features interchangeable arms, so it can hold an E eleven iconic or a DLT nineteen heavy blaster. Let's go! Only a thousand pieces of it, so that's going to sell like hotcakes and never be affordable ever again. Um, there's no price listed, but I'm sh- I'm going to guess four hundred dollars. No, oh, wow. I think it's only two something, if I remember correctly. These milestone milestone statues. I've got the Empire Strikes Back Boba Fett, and I've got the Return of the mm-hmm. Jedi one on pre order. They, for what they are, are really 
nice pieces. Like the Empire Strikes Back one, he's like standing on a, uh, I want to say it's oh. a Tauntaun helmet, like mm-hmm. Tauntaun skull or a Wampa skull, one of the two. They're really nice pieces. And if you're, it's a nice bridge between like a hot toy and mm-hmm. a Black Series or something because you still get the, the larger scale. It's not posable. It's Obviously, resin. it's a statue, but you, you still get a lot of detail and a lot of Oh yeah, you get your money's worth. Oh with yeah, these for statues, sure. In my opinion, and they do a great job on their packaging too. Um, if you bought a statue and wanted to leave it in the box, they their boxes are aesthetically pleasing as well. And then lastly, and I'm seeing uh, so many collector friends on social medias uh, getting these, finding these in store. The Clone Wars Lucasfilm 50th Anniversary Black Series uh, with that retro. I guess is it retro? It's 2002 retro uh, <laughs> Clone Wars packaging. So I, I, Todd and I struck out today, but uh, some some friends, I got the guys over at All Wings, found some, which is exciting. So yeah, if you guys see those, tag us because we're living vicariously through y'all. I just want to see one in the wild. Just oh yeah, to see yeah, it. no, yeah, for sure. I went today and I was really hoping just to see it because I only one I really want is Obi Wan and maybe Echo, maybe. Yeah. All right, up next is a Skyward Top Ten. At number 10, the Armorer Funko Pop. Number 9, Black Series Archive Grand Admiral Thrawn. Number 8, the Black Series Elite Squad Clone Trooper. Number 7, the Black Series Dark Side Vision Ray. Number 6, the Black Series Bo-Katan. Number 5, the Vintage Collection The Child. Number 4, the Vintage Collection Boba Fett Return of the Jedi. Number 3, the Mandalorian Funko Pop Ahsoka. Number two, the Mandalorian Funko Pop Boba Fett. And number one, SkywardFunSupply.com. Number one selling item this week is the entirety of the Mandalorian Wave 3 Funko Funko Pop set. I think we all knew that those were going to be absolute fire. I think the set, too, comes with the mm-hmm. both the Bo-Katans, the like the, yep. one, the chase as well. So that's the, that's the incentive to get the whole set. If you're going to buy yeah. them all, you might as well get the set and get yeah, that get, get that, that chase, chase too all right that's gonna do it for the cargo hold this week let's uh pop over to the bad batch report the cavalry has arrived spoilers spoilers all right so before we dive into the episode what uh did you think of episode four cornered just quick what were your what were your overall my first thought was episode? it was incredibly short it was 20 it 24 minutes a little and short. that included credits like opening credits i i was because i was watching it and i feel like i looked down for a second and it was over um but overall i really i mean i enjoyed it it gave off some serious attack of the clones movie vibe the chasing and anytime we can get ming na win in our lives it's a win so she finnick was back beautiful not 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 enough record in my life you know <laughs> um but overall i enjoyed it what about you i thought it was good i liked the uh the nods to some of the older there's a really fun cameo uh i don't know if it's really a cameo but sort of a nod for for the toy collectors out there that uh i mm-hmm. sent sent to ubp that i think was uh was fun i mean anytime they do any fun little things like that and, and yeah. people recognize it it's like oh, <laughs> oh my goodness i did feel and i feel like this is going to be moving forward all the bad batch episodes are going to feel like the clone wars where you get the credits the intro all that jazz and then it's like a 20 minute episode and then you get your outro stuff so it did feel a little short um obviously this one sets up a lot of future stuff for the season uh introduces some new villains per se or, or a new combatant and has uh, entered the From ring a kind of point thing of view. 
<laughs> from a certain point of view. So I I would say if I had to get ready like out of a 10, like a 7.4-ish, somewhere in there. So it was good. I enjoyed it. I love the nods. Love the nostalgia. It, it was maybe just a... Obviously, we're only four episodes in, so it's got to be a lot of yeah building and, and season building and sort of where the season and, is going to go. And they gave us a new internet point, hot though. boy, which we'll get to. <laughs> oh my goodness, the, the love for this guy. All right, so episode starts off with Havoc Marauder traveling through space. They're trying to find a place to lay low. Obviously, in the second episode, that's the whole reason why they went to Seleucamide to talk to Cut and figure out how to lay low. They find a planet that's not inhabited. And they're like, all right, well, let's land here. Tech's like, nah, actually, we can't do that. We're not really, we're, we're a little out of fuel. Like, fuel is not really there. Rations are kind of low. You got to remember, these guys were working for the Republic. So their fuel needs, their food needs, everything was covered by the Republic. So now that they're fugitives on the run, they're not going to be able to get any of that. So they decide to land on the moon of Pantora. So we saw Pantora in the Clone Wars first time around. So it definitely, I think we talked about this last week with, or two weeks ago when we were discussing the first two episodes, but they are not afraid to uh, lean into the Clone Wars planets. We've already gotten two. I think, is it just the two? Is it just Seleucami and mm-hmm. Pantora so far? Yeah. So we've already gotten two uh, two throwback planets. Well, even no, because we saw Onderon too in the first. That one always episode. trips me up because I swear they're saying Alderon every single time. So they're definitely still leaning into the whole Clone Wars planets and characters and and environments and scenes. I thought this was a really cool because when we see Pantora in the Clone Wars, it's the whole like ice. If I'm remembering correctly, mm-hmm. right? It's the ice planet episode with the talls and and all that jazz. So it was cool to see this. This felt more like a, I was seeing some people were saying, linking it to Galaxy's Edge, feeling a little bit more like Batu. Looks a little bit like Coruscant from Attack of the Clones. So I thought it was a cool, cool environment. They land on Pentora, like I said, to get fuel rations and to scramble their ship's signature because they're wanted fugitives. Once they land, they're met by a Sullustan who asks why they're landing. He says they need to scan the ship. They're like, nah, we can't do that. You're going to, you know, kind of <laughs> rat us out if you do that. So they, they, uh, he's like, all right, well, I, you know, I don't have to scan it, but you gotta, you gotta, to wet the whistle. Yeah. Well, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta bribe the, bribe the man. So I think this is the first time that we've, uh, we've seen the Bad Batch have to sort of do a little bit of that yeah. underworldy, sort of shady bribing aspect of, uh, surviving. <laughs> and then he, Gets his bribe, goes back to his station, calls somebody, calls himself Rasper Six at Row Station, and the person that he calls is none other than Fennec Shan. Dun dun dun! <laughs> Big bad. Her ship just yeah, looks for sure. really cool. I, I don't know if they've said what it is, but it's a it's a. And I feel like all the bounty hunter ships always look like they're either really blocky because Bosk has got Houndstooth, which is literally yeah. just a long rectangle or there's some like interesting shaped i'm ship. very obviously helmet obsessed so i i've got to make her phoenix helmet it's so cool i love it i'm surprised oh, i'm not surprised that it'd be cool if they did that like a black really series cool. helmet because i mean the black series helmets they've been doing have been fantastic and that would be a really yeah, cool for one sure. for them to do mix it up a little 
he tells Fennec that he spotted an Omicron class attack shuttle. She it's like, okay, cool. Send me the coordinates. And then she pulls up a hollow hologram of Omega. So I think we talked about this last Omega. week when the Kaminoans were talking about, we need to get our property back. And we we're like, oh, it'd be cool if they sent like Boba mm-hmm. Fett after them or, or who are the, who's the bounty hunter they're going to send. It sounds like it's going to be Fennec unless it's a little sleight of hand and she's working for somebody else. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but She's uh she's she's doing what bounty hunters do. She's got a bounty yep. and she's on the hunt. Uh, Wrecker stays with Tech to repair the ship slash scramble the signature. Echo Hunter and Omega Omega head into town to trade some of their armaments for food. It was interesting. Like we didn't have so episode three. Uh, Wrecker's you know rubbing his head a lot. Like ouch, my head hurts. This episode, I didn't see him touch his head at all. So I'm wondering if that's going to be something like you know, a subtle thing that mm-hmm. they pop in and out. Or was it just progresses. Yeah. Who knows? It's a little, a uh, little sleight of hand. One thing that was funny is echo puts on like a full cyborg suit to disguise himself because obviously he yeah. would stand out in a crowd because he's more mm. machine than man, even though Hunter wears yep, the I same bandana can, everywhere and has half of his face tattooed. could not stop about that. Like, you changed your clothes, I get it, but you're still literally still wearing the Bad Batch logo on your forehead, dude. <laughs> I never understand. They're like, they look, and he looks like, he looks at clone troopers dead in the eyes as they like, as he passes them, he's like casually like, hey guys, don't mind me. You, well, I you'll suppose never see Rex me again. didn't know who they were, you know, when we met him in Clone Wars. Maybe they're just not well, not widely known. I don't know. I don't know. I still feel like because they still look they obviously they've got their genetic mm-hmm. differences and everything, but they still somewhat look like the other clones. So you would think like someone would be I don't know. I feel like they would just notice like, hey, you look yeah. a lot like me. Like even cut was almost noticed in the episode with, um, yeah. when they were leaving Salukamai and he has, you know, <laughs> sideburns and different facial hair sideburns. And he has mutton chops. <laughs> He does have some glorious mutton chops. Uh, as they walk into town, the Bad Batch and Omega pass a column of clone troopers marching past cheering civilians who are celebrating the end of the war. So it's kind of funny. You've got these clone troopers who murdered all the Jedi are basically bringing down the hammer of the Empire and they're being celebrated by people who don't really know, don't know what's coming. <laughs> they're like, oh, good. The, the war's over. Time to celebrate. And uh, these clone troopers are just casually <laughs> strolling through the streets. Uh, there's also a broadcast by Vice Admiral Rampart encouraging citizens to register for chain codes and to exchange their Republic currency for Imperial credits. Like I said, they're in town trying to get some credits to repair the ship and all that jazz. Hunter tries to sell one of their explosives for 1800 credits to a grand merchant, but he won't accept it because he's going to have to sell it on the black market. But he will, however, accept their droid that they have, um, not knowing that the droid <laughs> is Echo. So Echo's not thrilled about this, obviously. He doesn't want to be sold to yeah. some stranger. Uh, Hunter is like, come on, this is the only way. Like, Just do what the, do what the bad man wants you to do. <laughs> so Hunter gets 3,000 credits for him. While they're finalizing the trade, Omega takes an interest into several Vorpak puppies in a box. And this was kind of fun to see because... Vorback puppies we see for the first time in yeah. Resistance. Uh, so there's one uh, that Tora Doza owns named <laughs> Buggles. 
So I feel like everybody, when they saw the little Vorpak puppy, like it's the same thing. You see the Vorpak puppies, you see the Lothcats, everybody <laughs> loses their mind over any sort of pet animal in, in Star Wars. She had a little doll. And this scene was very much like reminding me of Batu, even though I've never been to Galaxy's Edge. But the doll that she has is something that you would find at yeah, Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, it gave Edge. me Rogue One vibes too. Mm-hmm. So she you know, goes over to see these puppies. One of them takes the doll out of her hands and she ends up chasing after this repulsor craft that has all these puppies on it, but also has the doll that she wants. She's a kid. She doesn't really know better. This is the first time she's been I'll in market. a big city, really. Then, Yeah. Went, well, off Camino, other than when they also, were on she totally Mine, stole that toy. Sort of the... <laughs> uh-huh yeah 100% just casually so hunter realizes that omega's gone chases after her omega eventually gets the doll but she is lost in the crowd at this point she bumps into strangers and gets scared so she tries to hide as any child would when they get separated by their parents because we all know that hunter is the father the alpha dad batch member (laughs) and as she's hiding that's when she Bumps into Fennec Shan. So Fennec, Fennec made like lightning time oh, yeah. getting there. Like, I feel like time in Star Wars is always such a weird thing because it'll be like, all right, like send me the coordinates. And then next thing you know, yeah. like they're on that. Planet. She had to have been there, right? Like she had to already have been there. Like or nearby. She was yeah. close or something. Who knows? While Hunter's tracking down Omega, because that's what he does. He's a tracker, basically. Uh, gr- the Grand Trader sets Echo to work, supervising his droid crew. And Echo meets a protocol droid named CG67, who realizes very quickly that he's not a protocol droid or that he's not a droid, probably because he pulls his mask up and shows his face like within the first five seconds of meeting the droids. I was surprised that they didn't that the protocol droid didn't alert the their master that it wasn't a droid, but she just rolled with it like immediately. She's like, okay, cool. I don't get it. She's the definition (laughs) of this is above my pay grade. (laughs) (laughs) she's like i'm sorry this is this is too much for my issue also we meet probably the greatest droid well fourth greatest droid because obviously chopper and bb8 and r2 um bb8 fifth okay so we're the a droid that we all love and and stand clink clink he is our new favorite droid for sure stubby little arms stubby little legs he's so enthusiastic like perfect he's 100 percent like that like when you give a child too much sugar kind of mentality Clink is fantastic. We love Clink. The internet loves Clink. Clink gets even better as the episode goes so on. Good. So Hunter ends up tracking down Omega and while, or is still tracking down Omega. And while he's tracking Omega, o- Omega is walking with Fennec. Fennec steals some food for the two of them because she asks Omega if she's hungry. Omega says yes. Uh, and then that's when she, Omega notices that uh, Fennec has a weapon concealed. She's like, why do you have a weapon? And she's like, oh, I just use it for self-defense. Like, the galaxy is a scary place. With a wink, wink. Real, <laughs> real, real not sketchy vibes. I'm picking up a little bit of sketch vibes on this one. And then Omega notices that Fennec didn't pay for the fruit, you know, because, you know, why wouldn't a person carrying a, a blaster that you just met that doesn't pay for fruit and food not be sketchy at all? Uh, and she asked, why didn't she pay? And Fennec's like, oh, it's okay. It's, so, it's fine to break the rules every now and then. So I feel like this comment is going to like eventually play out again. Like 
Omega is going to do something that breaks the rules and she's going to be like, oh, Fennec taught me this kind of <laughs> my uh, my couple hours with the bounty hunter. Yeah, she's, me like a, skills. she's like a photo memory type deal. Like she meets somebody new. She gets a bit of their abilities kind of so far. So it's she's just going to pick up uh, Fennec's bounty Maybe. hunting. We'll see. A hunter finds Omega, tells Omega to step away from Fennec. And then there's a little bit of like a Mexican standoff, a little bit of a hunter staring down Omega, uh, staring down Fennec, Fennec staring down Hunter, one of them waiting for the other to make the first move. Fennec makes the first move. She sh- tries to shoot Hunter. Doesn't work. Hunter with his trusty knife. He, he The definition of don't bring a knife to a gunfight. Yeah, that's his thing, man. Because he's the only one who brings a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> he attacks everybody with a knife. I'm convinced like he just uses yeah. the knife whenever. He's like, oh, this gun is nice, but I also have a knife. Get him a gun that shoots knives. He's going to be in heaven. Oh, my goodness. If they bring some like a knife firing gun or something, like just create a knife firing gun in Star Wars for a hunter, I will lose my marbles. So they, they, they have a little bit of a scuffle. Hunter's able to overpower Fennec. She headbutts him because everybody seems to get headbutted in this show. Knocks him out a little bit. Omega runs off. Fennec chases after her. Hunter gets to his senses, lets Tech, Wrecker, and Echo know that he lost Omega and somebody attacked him. And she is not to be messed with. Like she's kind of powerful. Hunter tells Tech to prep the ship because they obviously are going to draw attention to themselves because I feel like every episode they land somewhere, draw attention to themselves, and then are like, all right, well, we got we to gotta leave now quickly. Get out of here. Tech replies that he needs some time or he would need a team of maintenance droids to finish fixing the ship. And Echo's like, well, good news is I have a whole army of maintenance droids. And then they just casually leave. They just stroll right out of the uh, yep. merchant stall. <laughs> I'm starting to get worried about how many times Hunter has been knocked unconscious so far in this series. And they just all are like little yeah, concussions. Yeah, he's going to have some serious up. issues soon. Or his inhibitor ship is going to get activated yeah, off of headbutts. <laughs> Like I said, the droids end up just strolling out because they had restraining bolts. Echo's like, you don't need those. Get those off. And then they just are casually out. And Clink's like, yeah. My time has come. After that, the bulk of the episode turns into this giant pursuit through the city with Fennec chasing Omega, Hunter and Wrecker chasing after Fennec and Omega. A lot of Attack of the Clones vibes from the chase scene with Obi-Wan and Anakin and Zam Wessel. Yeah, yeah. Like almost extremely similar. Like there's at one point Wrecker's in, in the tunnels and, and fights Fennec and she overpowers him. And uh, then you have Fennec on like a speeder bike or something. Not a speeder bike, like a, a yeah. vehicle, one of those mm-hmm. floating vehicles chasing after Omega who's fallen onto like another vehicle and Hunter's chasing after her on a speeder bike. And she's just casually killing security guards and innocent driver, like just without, without a care in the world. Like, let me just kill this person, take their car. Let me kill these cards that are she's chasing. Like, it's after fine. Me. I'm a bounty hunter. It's fine. Yeah. The, the attack of the clones vibes though. I, I was all for like, I love a good mm-hmm. chase scene and this, the bulk of this yeah. episode is just one giant chase scene. Uh, the droids end up helping, Fin- help finish the uh fixing the ship clink is ecstatic about fixing a ship and his little stubby arms and his little stubby legs and everything about him he, he don't look like much but he gets the job done exactly hunter's able to rescue omega they get back to the ship they leave 
because a lot of the episodes right now are arrive on a planet, do the thing, leave the planet. Fennec comes back to the hangar where the Solston is and throws him a, you know, throws him a way to contact her and is like, hey, if they ever show up here again, let me know. And she talks into a con com link to some mysterious client saying that Omega got away, but she's going to vow to find her. So clearly they're setting up uh, Fennec as well as Crosshair kind of being like dueling villains yeah. in this show to one mm-hmm. in one degree or another. So I'm curious this one. Obviously, there was no Crosshair in, which is kind of nice because we had, you know, such a Crosshair heavy first couple of episodes to get away from that. And then I'm sure Crosshair is going to come back in for a couple episodes and then we'll have more of the Fennec storyline and it'll be interesting to see how it all converges eventually. Yeah. I can, it, there's a lot of avenues for things to get wonky for the bad batch for sure. Moving forward. Yeah. I'm definitely curious to see who the person that Fennec's talking to. I have a feeling it's the Kaminoans, but it also could be, like, how cool would it be if Jabba the Hutt, for whatever reason, finds out about Omega and it's Jabba and that, like, ties into something else or or some some other crime syndicate or or, or just another villain, villainous entity that uh, could rise Crimson in Dawn. a future season. That'd be cool. Oh, That'd my be goodness. Cool. Could you imagine if Crimson Dawn? That could be cool. I feel like it'd, it'd be a little too early for, like, Maul no, no, to no, have Dryden, kind of a like Dryden big role in this. Yeah, but even like Maul to a degree with Crimson yeah. Dawn. Like I just feel like it'd still be a little too early for all of that. But that could be I could see definitely Crimson Dawn showing up at some point in the, sh- like gonna... the series, whether it's in a later season yeah, or sure. they gotta do something eventually. It wouldn't be another Star Wars animated show without Maul having at least one appearance. Alright, so before we get into our, our next and final segment of this episode. I just wanted to say that Todd and I are not Star Wars Celebration experts. However, we've been to one. <laughs> and we've been to many, many local and national cons. So we feel like we have some knowledge on that topic. But um, a lot of our celebration is from 2019, and we had a blast. So we're going to talk about that quite a bit here. So let's get into it here. A short history of Star Wars Celebration. So it started in 1999 with the release of The Phantom Menace. And the first one wasn't, you guessed it, Denver, Colorado. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure how they ended up picking Denver, Colorado for their first celebration, but that's where it, it popped off. And I remember, I think it was Mark Newbold, somebody, maybe it was actually, no, I think it was um, Warwick Davis at celebration, this celebration, the last one. We we're talking about the first one and how it was in a field and there were tents and it rained horribly and like everything was soaking wet the entire time. It's like, wow, that sounds great. <laughs> well, I think they picked Denver because that was the hometown of the official uh, Star Wars fan club. And they were the ones that mm-hmm. basically organized the first celebration. But the photos I've seen of the first celebration, like A, it's in Denver, so yeah. cold. B, it rained horrendously so there was a ton of just it was a messy mess but it was cool i mean it was before obviously celebration has grown into this gigantic national event now but it was still back in 1999 it was a a relatively smaller thing so the celebrities that were there and the interaction that you were able to have i feel like was a lot more intimate than it is now it's so hard to get to people now. Um, but that actually wasn't the first Star Wars specific convention. The very first one was held in 1987 when I, BP was a ripe old age of two. Todd was <laughs> negative. <laughs> 
I was I was yeah. not even a thought. Celebration 2 was, what, three years later? It was in May 2002, and it was in Indianapolis, Indiana. And that was for the release of Attack of the Clones, which makes a lot of sense. So these were all movie-related releases. And then the next one was Revenge of the Sith, which also took place in Indianapolis, Indiana. So Indianapolis got spoiled back-to-back. And this was the first time that uh, the maker, George Lucas, made an appearance. He did a Q&A, which is rare for George. Celebration 4 was in May of 2007 to commemorate the 30th anniversary of the first Star Wars film and was held in L.A. And that was where they got the first sneak peek of the upcoming The Clone Wars. Was that for, I don't know, be the series, right? Yeah, it was for the series. And then the next one was in Europe, Celebration Europe, July 2007. And that was to commemorate the first Star Wars film in London. And then the next one, they hopped over to Japan in 2008, and then they came back to Orlando, Florida in 2010 for Celebration 5. And that was for the 30th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back, so timely. Here, there was a special one-hour interview between Jon Stewart and George Lucas. That must have been a lot of fun. This was obviously before Disney bought Star Wars, so I feel like George had a little more interaction with everything related to Celebration, whereas now it's rare that we see George at any sort of public Star Wars events. Yeah, he's always so easy to find, though. Well, cosplay-wise, there's always somebody dressed as George Lucas walking around, good or bad. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Then Celebration, what is this, 6, was held in 2012 in Orlando again, so back-to-back. And then then Celebration Europe 2 was in 2013 in Germany. And that was the first appearance of Kathleen Kennedy at Celebration. The first appearance, that cracks me up. And then we got our first look at Rebels, which Todd and I love. I think a lot of people... I think universally it's love for people who actually gave it a chance and watched it. Because I know, uh, full disclosure, when I first came out, I watched the first episode and it didn't click with me at all. And then I finally like, sat down and watched it and just fell in like immediate love <laughs> with it. And that was also the 30th anniversary in 2013 of The Return of the Jedi. Uh, Celebration Anaheim 2015, a huge panel. Obviously, this was the comeback, right? The movie, so Force Awakens, a massive Force Awakens event. A big panel they had, and then the first celebration that was broadcast live online for free. I think I watched every freaking second of it. Um, and then we got, oh yeah, the trailer for Star Wars Battlefront 1 2015 version, which I was all in on. We got a trailer for the second season of Rebels. We got an exclusive trailer for Rogue One. 2015 celebration was fire. Good God. And that's not even it, is it? No, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the big ones. I remember this is probably the first time I Same. ever heard about Celebration because of the mm-hmm. live Same. broadcast. Yeah, I did not know it was a thing, honestly, until 2015. And it's all gone downhill since then. Celebration Europe 3, 2016, July, was in London. That one was also live broadcast. I think I watched every second of that as well. And then I vividly remember watching the 2017 Orlando on YouTube. I watched every second. And that's not even like an exaggeration. I watched every second on YouTube. I had just Mm -hmm. started working around like a couple months prior to this because I graduated in December of 2016 and then started January Mm -hmm. 2017 working. I remember on like lunch breaks and and any free moment that I had of popping on the the live stream to catch as much of of this as possible. Full nerd disclosure, I took the day off of work. It was a weekday. I think it was, actually, I think it was Thursday and Friday I took off just to watch this on YouTube. That's how deep I was in it. But um, 
it was worth every second of it. So that was the 40th, uh, 40th anniversary of A New Hope, which was huge. I am so envious that I wasn't there in that panel because there was a massive, massive surprise performance by John, John Williams. Could you imagine sitting there in the panel room? And then they opens a giant ass curtain, John Williams, and an orchestra. And that's not even it. It's a top that if that massive moment off, George walks out. So you got George Lucas, John Williams, all the original cast. Yeah, yeah, Harrison, Harrison was Mark, there. Peter Mayhew was there. I didn't think I had as Mark. much of the yeah. of the uh, of original cast as they could. Yeah, that was uh, New Hope. And then they talked about the Last Jedi coming out, which that's when they dropped the poster for the first time for the last Jedi and was the all like pretty much all red one. Gorgeous. I was so jealous of the people in the panel who got that poster at the time. And obviously Carrie had passed and they were talking about that. The first celebration Harrison Ford ever attended. Cool. <laughs> um, then Rebel season four finale announcement. That was a bummer. And then you get to 2019 because they skipped 18. 2019, which is the celebration of Chicago that Todd and I got to experience. Uh, Rise of Skywalker panel. I was there. It was incredible. Uh, trailer for the Jedi Fallen Order. I was there. It was incredible. <laughs> uh, the Mandalorian. I did not win that lottery. Todd was there. I was in the overflow room and I remember the... So I knew something was going to go down when I was in this uh, overflow room because they had people in like suits walking around, like walking between where people were sitting and just kind of like pr- like prowling around the edges of the, the mm-hmm. room when we were inside. And they told us like no no cameras, no phones, no like you sit there, you enjoy this panel. So I figured that they were gonna mm-hmm. show us something, but I didn't know quite what they were gonna show us. And I was beyond stoked for this panel beforehand because the Mandalorian was like the thing I was mm-hmm. most looking forward to. So being in that room and knowing that we might get to see something was the coolest experience ever. And we got the sweet little yeah, Mandalorian yeah. posters too, which I have mine framed and hanging up and I was so excited that, well, somebody did what they weren't supposed to do. They recorded it and leaked it on YouTube, like immediately. And since we didn't get into that panel, we were in a hotel room. And as soon as I got like a notification on YouTube that there was a what they showed, which was a clip from the show. I think I watched it a hundred times. Like I was so jazzed for it. God, that was so good to just think about and relive that moment. But, um, and then what else did we get? We got the Clone Wars season seven, the Clone Wars saved with the sweet Ahsoka poster they handed out of her with the fire behind her. Uh, Rebels remembered. And it was Todd and I's first celebration, as I said. So let's talk about celebration for a minute. 2019. Let's get, let's deep dive in it. Favorite celebration memories, favorite celeb moments. Um, I'll start with a memory, non-celebrity related. Um, Waiting in line for the Rise of Skywalker panel with Cam and Slade. It was freezing cold and the wind was blowing like crazy um but they finally let us go in sort of in under tents before you go into the actual arena and that's when they brought out the star wars themed mcdonald's happy meal boxes with breakfast and a number uh episode nine beanie that just has a roman numeral nine on it and it's i wear it all the time i love it oh, so much and all they kept saying was this is from jj this is from jj so i knew it wasn't but in my heart he, jj served us breakfast <laughs> um what about you so i talked about the mando panel funny story while i was waiting in line because i was a psychopath and i would like even though i had a ticket to get into the overflow room i still wanted to be like near the front of the overflow room yeah so i 
like woke up at 4 a.m., got in line, got in, was super, super close to the front so I could get a really good seat in the panel overflow room. And while I was waiting in line, Anthony Daniels like casually just like walked mm-hmm. by, by us and like started just chatting with us. I think he was on the way to the bathroom because mm-hmm. we were like right next to the bathroom. But he was just like, he just walked by and was like, started talking. He's like, how's your day going? Like, how's everybody doing? And that was like the one of the first times. Uh, it wasn't the first time I had met like a Star Wars actor because I had met Jonas Swadimo and Jeremy Bullock mm-hmm. at, at Awesome Con uh, that Which is in prior DC. year. Yeah, which is our, our big DC kind of local con. So it wasn't the first time, but it was like the first time meeting like someone of, of that big of scale. Like Anthony Daniels is yeah. obviously huge in the in the Star Wars community. So just seeing him and, and casually talking to him was was probably the weirdest and also like probably coolest mm-hmm. uh moments from celebration for me it was we were really fortunate because Slade got us an amazing hotel it was attached to the convention center and it was attached to the arena where all the panels were the big panels um so in our room was even on the side of the building to see both of these so we would sit and hang out in the hotel room and wait obviously super early in the morning and wait till we saw the first person get in line so when we saw the first person get in line for these giant panels then we would go down <laughs> so we'd just be second in line each time see i was the opposite i was like a <laughs> mile away so i still like i would get up and like schlep my, my my ass over to the convention center and one of the days i was wearing like my political stormtrooper costume that was probably another fun memory is just walking around in that and taking pictures with random people and and ch- chatting to people while i'm like dressed as this this hot as anything costume which was kind of nice because Chicago was yeah. freezing in April uh, while we were yeah, there. Yeah, it actually it snowed one of the days. Full on blizzard. It wasn't snow. It was a full blizzard. Yeah, all the yeah. snowtroopers <laughs> were loving it for the photo ops because it was probably like one of the few times that like Florida yeah. snowtroopers could actually We've take pictures for in the this? snow. Um, we forgot a panel. Actually, we forgot to mention the Galaxy's Edge panel. Oh, how could we forget? I feel like Galaxy's Edge like just happened, and we were like, okay, yeah, like that completely forgot that that was like a big. <laughs> So I totally forgot that this panel was happening whilst there. So Cam and I got won the lottery to be in the Jedi Fallen Order panel, which was really cool because they brought out some of the troopers from the game, like actual physical troopers, and they showed us the uh, thermal detonator Coke bottles and for, for Galaxy's Edge. But for Jedi Fallen Order, they gave us a lapel pin. I got a second sister lapel pin, which is on my suit jacket. I wear it to work all the time. Um, what else did they give? Oh, a poster. The the main poster, the game cover poster. And I still have, it's framed in my office, I think. I haven't been there for a year, but I'm pretty sure it's there. Uh, <laughs> but the Galaxy's Edge panel was really cool because they really deep dived into what they were building and showed us a little walkthrough video, but omitted the Falcon, of course. But that was really cool, too, because when it was over, they gave us the red Galaxy's Edge Coca-Cola and Arabesh shirt, which I still have and I still wear. It's incredible. Every time I wear it, it never feels. People go, what language is that? And I always say, oh, it's Arabesh. And they go, oh, cool, cool, cool. They have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I never, uh, ever tell what Arabesh is. So that's a lot of fun. Let's keep them guessing. I feel like the swag from panels is like low-key the best part of like obviously the panels mm. themselves are awesome but then like the free swag you get afterwards i'm like yes yeah. this is i don't remember I if we got anything for the rise of skywalker panel but honestly i didn't even care like it was so cool like oscar isaacs and john vega and daisy ridley like everybody was there except for adam driver um i think it was stephen colbert who was the host yeah 
Well, they made that joke too about how about like Adam. Yeah, because they asked man. her because she's little and like, what was it like to spar and and do these stunts with Adam Driver? And she's like, all I'll say is he's a big man. <laughs> and I just remember Oscar Isaac literally melting in his chair. <laughs> like he's like, she did not just say that. <laughs> And I think Johnny Boga literally just said, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> but it was it was so cool. <laughs> they left it there and teed nope, it up. And he was like, no, um, no. Publicist is in his ear like, don't do it. And don't then do just it. like non-event, actual event related, waiting for that panel to start. Slade and Cam and I playing Sabak in the stands, just like nerding out like in the fullest extent. And it was like totally normal there. And it was just, that's a memory I'll always have. I treasure it. It's great. Um, favorite celebrity moments from actually, no, let's wait, let's wait to get to that. Um, favorite item from the floor that you saw, like, for, like, for instance, the full size, life size X-Wing TIE fighter, all the vehicles. I, I love the fact that the van from fanboys was there. That was probably a really cool. Cause I, I feel like I had just watched fanboys mm-hmm. before for the first time before mm-hmm. going to celebration. So seeing that and knowing what it was, <laughs> I was like, Oh my goodness. Yeah, that that was so cool. The X-Wing was really neat, but I feel like it was more of a life-size play school X-Wing, if you know what I mean. Like, it didn't look quite right, yeah. but it was huge. Uh, the TIE Fighter was massive. Massive. Like, two stories tall. Like, huge, huge. Um, it was really cool to see speeder bikes. Like, uh, Dan Jaren's speeder bike was there, like, before we even knew what it was. It was by the main stage. Yeah. Yeah, the swoop bike from the from that the episode with uh, Toro it was Calican. right beside the main stage um i guess it would technically be overflow area and um right beside her universe because that was a massive hot spot too what about you todd do anything you remember specifically i know we've got a couple pictures of you i'm using for the black squadron trading cards coming soon probably because the 501st always is is there and they're all decked out in their screen accurate costume so seeing all of those cosplays was really cool they do a bunch of fun sets as well like i remember there was a, a speeder bike and a endor shield generator yeah, yeah, yeah. door sort of like they had a whole endor scene set up they had snowtroopers with one of the e-web yeah, yeah, yeah. turrets that like had lights that you could like play with and i remember taking a picture with that and like pressing the button and seeing the lights and the sounds and like it felt like i was a kid again i was like this is yeah. so cool <sighs> They had the Emperor's chair that you could sit in and take pictures. That was really cool. The 501st aside, some of the creativity with the cosplays that are at Celebration is insane. There was a bunch of like people did like full Padme costumes and like as Queen Amidala, so full like Queen Amidala regalia. You had a bunch of Padme's handmaidens. You had mashup costumes which i kind of do a mashup cosplay you had a bunch of people who did like the muppets meets star wars which i think they've been to a bunch of celebrations you see these gigantic cosplays that people enter in the cosplay contest for so someone did like one of the uh fork like lift Mm -hmm. operating droids that i think is from force awakens and that was what won the cosplay contest but it was like this like big giant droid costume and you just see that casually strolling around so that was probably the cool like it's you're not going to go anywhere else you can go to other cons obviously but you're never going to go anywhere other than celebration and see that many people dressed in star wars outfits whether it's people wearing just robes and and running around with jedi lightsabers or these over-the-top crazy yeah cosplays I was not prepared and I don't know why I was not prepared for the overall amount of toys like there were so many toys. <laughs> I'm afraid for next celebration 
because I've become so much mm-hmm. a larger toy collector since Celebration 2019. I feel like Celebration 2019 was sort of the catalyst for reigniting my love of mm-hmm. fa- the fandom and wanting to really dive back into Star Wars because before that I was really like I kept it to myself and was not as open about flaunting my love for Star Wars and seeing so many other people that are there because they love Star Wars and just the community aspect and all the positivity. And and we always get bogged down with the sort of the negative discourse and stuff around Star Wars and fans hating on other fans. But when you go to Celebration, it's such a positive and welcoming mm. environment that it really is such like anytime I feel like I'm getting burnt out at Star Wars, I just think <laughs> about Celebration and looking forward to the next Celebration. And it just reignites yeah, that fire. It's, it's, un- it's really kind of hard to describe just how you could say it's like super positive like people aren't skipping around you know what i mean but it's just like everyone is just so happy to be there that there's like no there's like zero negativity people aren't even like cranky from standing all day or literally walking around a condo day people are still super happy about it it's crazy to think about um favorite celebrity moments from your celebration i would have i e mcdermott hands down we did a photo op with them and we and slade had a original 83 wicket stuffed animal and we asked him he's like can we take a picture of this and he's like only if i can choke it <laughs> so he's in our picture he's literally choking a stuffed animal ewok <laughs> he was so happy about it too uh he was incredibly nice incredibly nice what uh, one experience and then right, literally right after that panel the next day the next morning is when he cackled in the trailer that we were like, oh my god, that this is this is crazy, this is insane. And then for me, I only had one other celebrity, official celebrity, I should say. Like we met Aaron Kellerman twice, so Slade paid for a autograph session with her. So we went in line together, and she signed a bunch of stuff for us, which was awesome. But her and her family were also staying in our hotel, and our hotel had a restaurant, so we were at the restaurant, and they sat beside us, and we got another photo with her. So <laughs> she was. She was insanely nice. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. Super overwhelmed by the number of people who were just who loved Emphis and like wanted to see more of her. That she was just so taken aback by the the love that she was getting for sure. Well, and I feel like because when Soul came out, it, it had such a negative buzz around it. Even though there is such a strong love for it, I mean, by the time this comes out, makes Soul two happen day would have been already happened but the fact that there's a a community and a and a just a general love for mm-hmm. solo that i feel like the actors and actresses that are part of it don't necessarily see if they're not yeah. active online so i don't think Erin kellerman really has a huge online social media presence so she might not see the fact that there is such a love for emphasis nest and for solo rather they'll just see sort of the the media buzz around it they won't necessarily see the actual fan love so going to something like celebration and having people come up and tell her that emphasis their favorite character is probably a lot like her mom's her manager and she has a twin sister and she has three sisters i think and they were all there behind her table so we gave her like me and my friend rodney the art nerd check him out um we draw for star wars cards star wars tops and so he gave her one of his emphasis officially licensed cards and and her and her entire family were just taken aback they couldn't believe it They, they could not believe it um but they were so like genuinely happy. It was it was incredible, um, and I almost forgot. I'm gonna I'm gonna count this as a celebrity moment at the celebration. I'm sorry, at the Rise of Skywalker panel, they brought out Kelly Marie Tran. The entire arena, which I'm guessing holds twelve thousand ish, standing ovation for like 10, 15 minutes. She was 
bawling on the stage. Slade, Cam, and I were all in tears. Like it was incredible. Like she was the reception for her was so intensely positive and just full of love that it was it was overwhelming. Like it was it was an incredible moment and another one that I was seared into my brain that I'll never forget. Well, to piggyback off of that, because I remember sitting in one of the uh, overflows for the Phantom Menace panel and the standing ovation yep. that Ahmed Best got for because they did a you know 20th anniversary of, of Phantom Menace was in 2019 and seeing the outpouring of love for for Ahmed Best and, and Jar Jar when he got such a horrible just reaction yeah. to that character and his portrayal of Jar Jar when it first when the film first came out so seeing that fan love and and the standing ovation that he got was a beautiful thing and probably another top celebrity moment that's just like like you said seared into my yes, brain it's uh forever right here <laughs> um what else do we got here i don't have any do you have any celebration horror stories i don't aside from the uh general con bo <laughs> that i noticed the first time walking <laughs> into <laughs> walking into the convention center i remember i was standing in line on the preview day and i got this just overwhelming like body odor aroma hit me and i was like ah yes i'm in a celebration line i, I guess I'm, I'm fortunate i can't i don't have i've never had the sense of smell so that's never been a problem for me <laughs> it might have just been i was near yeah. someone but oh man that is that's the one thing that i uh oh you know deodorant folks we'll, we'll go over some tips but deodorant is your friend at, at cons um we kind of covered this one already so we'll skip it um celebration tips and tricks planning planning is huge floor planning not just panels because obviously you have to pick out which panels are most important to you because you can't be everywhere at once obviously but planning floor planning it's huge like celebrations are massive and there is stuff everywhere so if you have a top five things that you got to see or searching for map them out know where you're going um if you're with a group of people split up if you if there's exclusives at a booth or something um slade and i did that and he was able to get me the ahsoka tano shirt and the uh, ahsoka sign pop which is really cool and uh because he went there and i went elsewhere for cam while cam was in a panel so just so help your help your friends you know what i mean <laughs> make friends yeah make friends Divide too like find randos that are star wars fans and line and help help each other i think it was lacey gillard from the resistance broadcast uh told me this but if there's one one big thing when you're planning for celebration is find one thing just one single thing that you really want to do that day and plan on doing that one thing and that'll make your whole day because it, it can be overwhelming i remember when the schedule was first announced and all the exclusive panels and the exclusive merch and all the panels and and all the side panels and and the meetups and all this there's just so much stuff that it can be a little overwhelming so if you can identify just one single thing that you really want to do and plan on at least getting mm-hmm. that one thing done then you won't feel like you missed out on anything because you you focus on just making sure you got that one thing that'll make yeah. your day kind of and then anything else is just sort of a a little Okay, I also got to do this, or I also I checked off a bunch of yeah, other stuff ch- on the my cherry list on too. top, if you will. Another thing, if you want a Star Wars tattoo, there is no better place to get a Star Wars tattoo than at Celebration because they bring in like the top Lucasfilm licensed artist, tattoo artist. It's uh, the minimum is three hundred bucks, so know that. 
regardless of what you get, you can literally get your initials and airbash and 300 bucks. But these are some of the best in the world that do what they do. So tattoo. I think a lot of them you have to contact the artists beforehand to book because it is like they still have to, you know, schedule Mm -hmm. you in. And one of these celebrations, I think I might get a Star Wars tattoo or find someone that's at least a because they bring them Mm -hmm. in from all over the place. So find an artist that's somewhat close Mm -hmm. to where we live. So if I need, if I want to get more, because I've always thought about Mm -hmm. getting a sleeve or something Mm -hmm. like that, a half sleeve. If I get a Star Wars tattoo, I want to go big kind of mentality. (laughs) But I think that would be something that's really fun to to do is is to get a tattoo at Celebration by insanely talented tattoo artists. Yeah, that'd be really really cool to do for sure. Um, So we talked about it episode or two ago that they switched the dates for upcoming celebration 2022 so it's going to be in august now it's going to be in may so may 26th through the 29th so let's speculate wildly what do you think is going to be the big hitters there for 2022 so by that point i mean book of boba fett will be out it'll be after may 4th so i'm curious if we get stuff announced on may 4th or if they hold a bunch of stuff for celebration because celebration is going to be live broadcasted it's going to be Anything that's a big announcement will be uploaded to YouTube like immediately. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see if they announce anything. Uh, Bad Batch Season 1 will be over. So possibly Bad Batch Season 2 trailer. Uh, tons of teases that we could get. I mean, if they if it's not already out yet, we've got Andor. Should be ready to go by that point or Thank close to. Kenobi may be ready to go or close to by that point. So we could get some uh, trailers or or announcement dates or when it's going to be live on Disney plus dates or just something related Mm -hmm. to those projects or panels related to those projects, seeing you and on stage, it's going to be the 20th anniversary of attack of the clones. So it wouldn't, I could see them bringing because you and Hayden are both tied to Kenobi. I could see them bringing them on. Honestly, a lot of the Kenobi cast is because even, uh, Bonnie Peace yeah. and Joel Edgerton play Owen and Baru in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> like you could, you could have Tim a Morrison. giant Attack of the Clones panel that ties in yeah. with Kenobi too. I could see, oh, they're definitely. I could see them a hundred percent doing yeah. a Kenobi panel now. Now that I've yeah, got the gears really, turning, uh, definitely a Attack of the Clones panel, right? Like they could have so many people. Oh, a hundred percent. They did. Yeah, they did yeah. one for Phantom Menace. They'll definitely do one for. Uh, attack of the clones i am curious to see because the reason why celebration is next year Mm -hmm. is obviously the pandemic canceled the the celebration 2020 they were going to skip a year so they pushed it to 2022 i think their plan moving forward is they're going to do like Mm -hmm. alternating years so have a celebration like every other year and then d23 will fill those gap years that way disney can maximize how much (laughs) they're getting out of uh con goers and people who want all the teases and trailers and exclusives Video game wise, you know, we might get oh, Battlefront Three. Please and thank you. <laughs> I could see some some movement about Battlefront Three if we haven't heard actually, anything by then. Jedi I actually Fallen think Order we're going to get some info about potential Battlefront Three next month, as early as next month. Just just a heads up, just a little BP insider of my very limited, very very limited inside information. <laughs> it would be cool to to see something just. <sighs> You know, if if we start to get some breadcrumbs mm-hmm. leading up to that, maybe a big trailer like they did for the first Battlefront at Celebration in 2015. Like a big, like, I remember that trailer too in 2015, mm-hmm. like the cinematic aspect of it. And it was like that, like, oh, I was so excited that game came out. Uh, I played the beta for like 
probably a hundred hours. Oh, it was fantastic. It was beautiful. I loved every second of it because it was the first like big Star Wars game that we had gotten. Gorgeous too. God, the graphics were still to this day. If you go back and play 2015 Battlefront, gorgeous. Hundred percent. Like I said, Jedi Fallen Order two. I could easily see them teasing something about that or or getting some some movement about that with the whole. We talked about this a couple episodes ago. I think during our our gaming episode that there's been a little bit of a, a shakeup in the whole way that Lucasfilm is handling gaming moving forward. And one of those is that Ubisoft's massive entertainment is yeah. making a Star Wars game. So maybe we get something Man, about if that. they announce uh, either the Mandalorian or a Mandalorian game. <sighs> yep, I'm in. <laughs> I'll kick down whatever door possible to get into a panel for anything. I'll Mando go to a damn GameStop and wait for it. <laughs> We'll go camp out. We'll do a live. We can do a live show from a GameStop. We'll be sitting like in a, a GameStop parking hey, lot, live broadcasting us waiting in line. Not as if we wouldn't both have it pre-ordered and already downloaded on our machines, waiting for the release date. But yeah, <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. I'll pay as much money as possible to play a that game as early version? as possible. You got it. <laughs> throw, throw my money at it. Throw all, all the dollars. So there's a lot that they could do. Definitely, we'll get an Attack of the Clones panel. I would be shocked, which means that we might get an Attack of the Clones music panel, which they did. I don't know if you did you go to that panel at Celebration 2019? That was probably my like second favorite panel, honestly. So David Collins, um, he does a whole podcast about he he works with Lucasfilm on, on, Mm -hmm. you know, sound. I think he worked for Skywalker Sound and and did sound design. Um, But he has a podcast that he breaks down soundtracks for movies and different projects. He broke down the music in the Phantom Menace and just the little tidbits of knowledge that he shows like from a a music theory kind Mm -hmm. of standpoint and how, how John Williams wrote the songs and the inspiration that he pulled in, like in the Bunta Eve pod racing scene, when they like Jabba Mm -hmm. comes in and they're like playing the music for all that. There's like a Jabba theme that was, I can't remember. I don't think it was in return of the Jedi, but it was supposed, it was either in it or, or got cut or something, but John Williams pulls that Java theme and like kind of subtly has it in the uh, Bunta Eve sa- song when yeah. Java comes out. So learn that, learn that during the um, end, you know, the dun 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 dun, dun, dun whatever it is, like the the, the big yeah. like celebration song at the end of Phantom Menace. You can actually hear the Emperor's theme in it. It's like yeah. in a different key, but you can hear it's like the dun dun dun. But it's like he like laid them over top of each other, and like everybody was just completely mind blown at that. So I could definitely see some kind of Attack of the Clones musical panel, potentially Kenobi. I don't know. What do you hope to see? What's what's on your bucket list of? I would be really interested to see a voice acting panel, like bring in some of the the voice actors that we've come to know, like T. Bradley Baker. Literally, literally anybody, Steve Stan, anybody. <laughs> I think it'd be really cool because we're we're getting so much animated content that it, animated content related panels would be really fun. Or I'm an artist. I would be really interested in an art panel, like a animation art panel for Bad Batch, Clone Wars, Rebels, that kind of stuff. That'd be really nerdy, like extremely nerdy, like nerdy within nerdy, like sub nerd. <laughs> that'd be really cool. I would love, obviously the attack of the clones panel with as many possibly as many people as I could get. And, um, they, (laughs) 
What is the name of the guy in the movie that you or that Obi Wan goes to talk to at the diner? If if oh, they Dex? had a, a Dex life size puppet on the panel, <laughs> that would be incredible. I know they wouldn't do it, and it's impractical, but that'd be really cool. Could you imagine? Well, I guess if Sam Jackson came for an Attack of the Clones panel, that too. would be. I feel like he'd be up for it. I don't know why. I just get like this vibe from he's good. He would do it just because no one would expect him to do it, kind of deal. Or he, I feel like because this was like the first celebrate, you know, I don't know if it'll be the first big pan, yeah. like big con after after the pandemic, but it's at least one of the early, like first big ones that's mm. that's kind of coming at back. So I wouldn't be surprised if they really just like kicked off the the hinges on the doors and and went Nuts. full out for this yeah, the celebration. I got to tell anybody who has like ever been on the fence about going to celebration. I cannot recommend it enough. The one, the one thing I kick myself is not going to like waiting until 2019 to go to celebration because it is such a, a cool experience. And, and honestly, one of the best like times that I've ever had. Um, I didn't go to Orlando. I wanted to go to Orlando um, in 2017, but couldn't, could not get passes. Like it was, a, it was a hot mess, but Speaking of horror stories, although I didn't experience it myself, I remember vividly people talking about it on Reddit and Twitter and YouTube videos where they stood and they stood in a mile long line to get into the convention. And being in Orlando, it's not exactly not humid. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was that was a horror story there. But the polar opposite of that, I did not wear my badge one time at Star Wars twenty nineteen. It was in my pocket the entire time. No one ever asked to see it anywhere. Not in the front, like, you're not good. The front door. You're fine. Not Come on getting in. through security. Not going right into the con floor. Couldn't believe it. And it took, by the end of the weekend, we were just like laughing at each other to see if I'd get stopped. Like I would even like like Slade and Cam walk in front of me, show their badges, and I'd just walk right by and they wouldn't say anything. It was unbelievable. So I had the opposite though. Like everywhere I went, they were like, "You get your badge? Where's your badge? Where's your? You, you should, can I see your badge?" I was like, "God, let me just walk Maybe around." Maybe it's my because costumes. I've worked in giant arenas and pro sports the last ten years, and I just—if you look like you're supposed to be there, and they're not going to question it, type deal. <laughs> Maybe I just carry that uh, confidence. I don't know. Um, but I think that's going to do it for this episode, gang. We've—it's so much fun to talk. We could talk about celebration for like an entire hour, but. Um, Definitely go if you like Todd said. If you have an opportunity and you can go to a celebration and you're on the fence, hopefully this serves as your nudge to do it because it's uh, if you've been to cons, big comic cons and around the world or whatever, there's something different about celebration uh, that is just so incredible and a lifelong memory in the process. But before we go, we can't let you go without plugging some stuff. Our giveaway, our massive Skyward Fun Supply team up giveaway. Um, go listen to our May the Fourth episode. And there is a code word, DM us that code word and follow us and follow Skyward Fun Supply, whatever platform you use, because I know not everyone's on every single platform. You want to tell folks the code word again right now? Because by the time this posts, it'll be a couple of, they'll have probably three or four days left before that closes, closes the end of May. Yeah. So, yes. So DM us, don't comment, because if you comment, I'll delete it and you won't be injured. DM us the code word Flyboy. One word, Flyboy. And then we have one other giveaway going on that is our review giveaway. If you listen to us on any podcast platform, which I'm sure you are, give us a review. Shoot us a screenshot of it on our any of our social medias, and you'll be entered to win a Kenobi book. And then last but not least, follow us on social media. Like Todd mentioned earlier, we are on TikTok and 
here is where TikTok is where we're showing our collections, essentially. Todd and I have pretty vast collections of Star Wars nonsense, whether it be books, toys, shirts, helmets, anything that you can think of. We're doing some ridiculous um, TikToks on, and they're a lot of fun. And we're gaining gaining a following there pretty quickly. So come over to TikTok. It's a blast. We went over, we're, we're rapidly gaining followers on Instagram and Twitter. So thank you guys for that. Hopefully we can translate some of those follows into listens on our pod because it's a little lopsided social media to our podcast. So that being said, our listen numbers are crazy high right now for us. So thank you everybody for who is listening and interacting with us. It means the world to Todd and I because we started this because we wanted to talk to you nerds. Um, anything else, Todd? Anything from you? I think that'll do it. I'm going to go uh, figure out how I'm going to display all these vintage collection. Maybe go go finally get some thumbtacks. Well, I wish you luck. And just <laughs> as always, remember, the Force will be with you. Always. <laughs>